and welcome back to Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-accurate roundtable pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host and early lead in the box office fantasy game, Anna Lee Rogers. Anna. <laughs> hey, I'm already losing at my one New Year's resolution, which is to lose this are- game. <laughs> Please. You have a commanding lead, in fact. You have not only a commanding lead, you are the, I would say, early favorite for the award for biggest sleeper pick in the box office game. Because if you listened to last week's show, Hannah drafted the movie Megan in the final round of the draft, which is the now only movie in the box office that game that has come out so far as of recording. No. Oh, it's not? Well, yeah. But yeah, as of, but we're recording on Friday. So a man called Otto has now come out. I believe. And and we don't know how well that's going to do yet, but like Megan commanding lead, super high Rotten Tomato score and really good box office return for one weekend. Right. Yeah. So I mean, congrats. Thanks. (laughs) I want to see the movie. Between uh, this and the book club, too. I'm ready. (laughs) When's that come up? I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, it goes up against guardians of the galaxy three i think okay so it's got a bit it's got a bit awesome so anyway we're not doing a box office show though box office might come up more i don't know we'll see how it goes this is not a box office show exactly this is a show i'm gonna call it what our mystery guest called it aspirational media is that fair i know that's not what i would not what i would have called it and it's not things you missed because we've done that that was a couple weeks ago this is things we haven't gotten to right yeah, th- things I think I phrased the scheduling poll I sent out as media we mean to do, but don't. But yeah, uh, yeah. Like I mean to, for instance, finally finish Moby Dick, but I haven't yet. <laughs> Moby Dick is also on my list. That is a thing that is there. We have degrees in English, and we've not. I don't think I actually know people who wrote dissertations on Moby Dick, and that makes me think that I don't have to. So, anyway, the former president of my university was like a Melville scholar, and once I ran into him on the stairs while I was talking to someone. True story. Didn't notice he was there. Talked about how disappointing Moby Dick was, and maybe I'm imagining <laughs> it a paranoia, but I think he looked very disappointed in me, not knowing who I was. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, this is actually happens quite frequently, and, I, and it happens the other way as well. This is a topic that we stole from the protagonist podcast, so I want to welcome from the protagonist podcast our mystery guest, Joe Dorowski. Hey, Joe! <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Yeah, happy birthday. Called aspirational media. Oh, thank you. Yeah, recording on my birthday. We can't remember know when we scheduled him. So, I, I, yesterday I said something in the car that my my thirteen year old daughter thought sounded old, and she's like, "You're like forty five already. I'm turning forty one tomorrow." She's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Well, that's practically forty five. Oh, God, she probably thinks that I'm like dead because I'm forty eight. So. <laughs> It's not 40. That's not even so many close things to I say that she thinks sound old that I don't even know what it was. I actually, <laughs> that's great. I mean, I still wear skinny jeans, so obviously, I can't say anything about being old and outdated to any of you. What's wrong with wearing skinny jeans? I've got skinny apparently, jeans on apparently literally right dead. now. Apparently, they're uh, dead. They're oh. the they're for millennials who think they're cool or something. I'm not even a millennial. I just like I buy jeans that fit me and I'm not going to not wear a pair. Like when I buy jeans, I'm going to wear them till they're worn out because I'm because I have a professor salary and I don't have money to waste on jeans. I wear jeans because they're comfortable. That's what I'm doing. So, but yeah, anyway, aspirational media, media that we've meant to do, but haven't. And we're not this isn't really a draft. It's not really a list. It's not exactly like a things you miss show. It's more of a just a general conversation, roundtable conversation about, so what are these important things that, you know, you mean to get to? And also, why haven't you, I guess? And why does this happen? And so actually, we should tell the story of why this came to be. I listened to Joe's podcast. And if you don't, you should listen to it. It's If you're wondering if I listen to the podcast, our very exciting box office game that we were just discussing, stolen wholeheartedly just from the protagonist podcast that's where it came from i was like oh we're gonna do that so i was listening to the protagonist about a year ago and they did a what they called a special or what they i mean he's joe's right here so you did what you called a special 
where you talked about aspirational media and I was just listening to it going, that is a, that's a cool topic. That's the kind of topic that we should do on our show, which is a lot of your specials are basically. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, so like our normal routine is that we talk about a great character and a great story and we rotate between comic book, a TV show, a novel and film. And then usually we do some special episode where it's just some topic about media or popular culture in some way. And often with those, I'm just thinking in the back of my head, like, this is a Vox podcast episode. Yeah, it's just, yeah. And if you listen to like our shows where we have the specials, where we have the, is this a good movie special? Like that's us doing their show. So, so there's a, and if you listen to guests who might appear on this show, they frequently might also appear on the other show as well. There, there's yeah. a, there, there is certainly a sharing of DNA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, but anyway, while listening to this show, to this episode, your brother, who is your regular co-host on, on Protagonist, Andrew, and who's been a frequent guest on this show, Andrew made a comment about, I don't remember if he was talking to, talking about a specific Dickens book, or if he was talking about all of Charles Dickens, but he was just like, I've never read, you know, Dickens. And then he goes, but I don't think I have to, because I know people and he doesn't say who he's like, I know people who are like Dickens scholars and I'm never going to be that good. And, and some of them even have their own podcasts. And I'm like, he's talking about Hannah. And he just goes off very clearly is talking about Hannah. <laughs> so, so I like text Hannah. I'm like, go oh, listen to the protagonist, like 23 minutes in. <laughs> and it's clearly talking about you. So so that's and I'm he's not here today, but I'm fairly certain. That, I yeah. Just wait for him to write in. Finally, give us a five star <laughs> review and say, actually, I wasn't talking about Hannah. I was talking about a real Dickens scholar who has a real Dickens <laughs> podcast. Actually, <laughs> uh, Andrew listens to the show regularly as well. Oh, lots of cross pollination, no, but but yes, I'm but I'm certain he was talking about you. And I was thinking that's a good point, though. Like, do I need to be a Dickens scholar to to enjoy Dickens? I hope not, because no, you know. no, absolutely not. <laughs> Dickens would hate being like only high academics can understand me. Like he wants a popular, I say as if he's alive, he wanted a popular audience. He wanted to make as much money and entertain as much people as possible. Want to be a pop culture phenomenon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where the money is. Well, he was one though, wasn't he? I mean, like arguably he was a phenomenon. He still is. Like, okay. So, you know, like we joked a lot on the Andor show, like no one's going to read Little Dorp, you Hannah. Untrue. Joe has read Little Dorp. (laughs) Okay. Yes. (laughs) Joe, Joe, you read Little Dorp because. (laughs) Yeah, but. Christmas Carol, Tale of Two I mean, Cities. Yes, by Scrooge alone, he's a pop culture. Yeah, like, like yes. Dev Patel recently did the delightful David Copperfield movie. Like, people still make Dickens stories over and over again, even if they're not, like, one of his big three. Also, like, he has his own Disney movie. Oliver and Company. Oliver and Company. Okay, I was about to say, I was, I was like, doesn't he have several? I mean, he's also yeah, got yeah, Christmas thinking- Carol. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, Mickey's Christmas Carol. He's also got yeah, Christmas Jim Carroll now Christmas is, like, Carol. yeah. been purchased by Disney. Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway, Dickens is just forever in popular culture because we can't let him go. Yeah. So that said, I've never read David Copperfield. I know the story of David Copperfield. I've seen adaptations. I'll get to it one day. I'm trying to. Well, and it's one of those things where I'm not sure if I've read Oliver Twist or not. I'm pretty sure I've read Oliver Twist, but at this point, I have no way. Like I know it well enough to where I'm like, I have no way of knowing. Did I actually read it or did I just? absorb it over the course of you know 48 years ultra osmosis it's become like you know the story yeah and i have no way of knowing like at this point how that happened and i was reminded of uh, i don't know if it was the most recent time i was on the protagonist but i was on a protagonist once and we played this game where we were uh, we were talking about movies and titanic came up and it was about you know describe the plot to titanic and joe's like i've never actually seen it but let me give it a shot. <laughs> Is that still true? Have you still never, not yet seen still Titanic? Seen it. No. Yes. You're not missing out. Also, I haven't seen it all the way through because I fall asleep at different points in time. Anytime I attempt to watch um, it. Joe gave a pretty strong beat for beat, like retelling of the film. Having never I think you knew the character names and references. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like, I was like, I have the shape of the thing. Yeah. I mean, he was like, and then Billy Zane does this and then Je- <laughs> like Leonardo DiCaprio. But yeah, you pretty much have the entire thing. So, so is Titanic a thing that you need to see? I mean, do you intend to ever watch it? No, like, I don't think I'd ever seek it out. 
actually like it. It's coming back to the, it's going to be in theaters again in a couple of months because it's like an anniversary or something. So I like Titanic. It's actually a good oh, movie. It's not that I dislike no. it. It's just like I missed the moment and I now I have, feel so thoroughly knowledgeable about it that yeah. <laughs> do I need to go see it? Probably not. No. Okay. I, I know this is not what we're doing, but I do actively really hate Titanic and the ending infuriates me. That's not what we're doing today. So very, very familiar with the door debate. No, not that. That's not what makes me mad. Like she goes on, lives a great life, right? Like has like a husband, grandchildren, like does something with herself theoretically. That's beyond like husband, children. But she didn't like go of like the whatever two or three days she was like in love on the Titanic. Maybe it was longer. I don't care. It's not like no, I was like two days. Three days. Yeah, <laughs> she didn't like go the two or three days. And like, so when she goes to heaven, it's not her husband or like whoever. No. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. And it's like, yeah, it's, this, it go, dude she, it's this dude she hooked I, up with that one time. Yeah, <laughs> I literally didn't know there was a heaven scene at the end. You just informed that, me of something. We, I, mean, I think it, away all the magic. <laughs> I mean, it's not clearly a heaven scene. There is a flashback at the end. It could be heaven. It could just be, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's not like an epilogue. It's just a, you know, it could just be a movie montage and it could be, you know, as she's like living the end of her life and dying, or it could be heaven. It's not clear and the movie's over. So who knows? But yes, it is weird that like many movies, it has the Romeo and Juliet problem, right? Like it is painted as though, here is this grand, wonderful love story that happened in 48 hours. It is a flaw with the film. With maybe not the most care, mature protagonist. No. <laughs> no. I don't know. So there's a bunch of recent stuff that I haven't gotten to yet. I know, for instance, we did on this show, we did an episode devoted to House of the Dragon and Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, which I was not on because I've not seen either show and i was like i'll get to them and it's been i don't know how long ago was that hannah you hosted that show it was a while ago uh, november i mean to be yeah, fair I... like i said on that episode i'd rather go back to urgent care than watch house of the dragon so like <laughs> a lot of people I liked house of the dragon I, and i just i'm still not getting into either of them yeah i mean like i think part of the issue with like the new stuff like i mean Besides me throwing out little sarcastic quips about things I don't like. But part of the problem with the new stuff is like not even just like taste differences. Like there's just so much that's like, mm-hmm. how do I sit down and consume all of this media? Even like, you know, if seasons are now like 10 episodes on a streaming service as opposed to 22 on network, it's like, but you've there's made all the 47 must watch shows. Yeah. yeah, and every episode's like fifty minutes, and I'm like, mm-hmm. but how many can I watch? Which is why I will be canceling HBO Max at the end of the month because they're raising the price, and I don't have time to watch their stuff. Oh, but that's probably the one that I watch most often. But we'll see what happens once they, you know, once they have the higher network. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, so. I kind of want to stick it to the new CEO, so I've been waiting. Um. I also I actually paying for HBO Max. HBO Max is paid for as part of my cell phone plan, but I don't know how long that will last either because my cell phone company no longer owns HBO Max. But like right now, that's how I'm paying for it. Hmm. So, so we'll see. Like I'm, so I'm certainly not going to cancel it because I'm not going to not have a phone, right? But I don't know. It's okay. So here's another one. Like I've not seen House of the Dragon. I've not seen Lord of the Rings. The other one that I'm really looking forward to that I really want to watch that people are talking about right now. And I feel as though I'm outside of the cultural moment, which, you know, which sucks because I'm, you know, I'm literally a pop culture scholar. It's supposed to be my thing. I've not seen any of Wednesday yet. Oh, I, I want to see either. Wednesday and Wednesday looks like exactly the kind of show that I should watch. And yet I've not seen it. We, I watched that while having to like wrap Christmas presents for children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this seems like the logical thing for them to have released in December, November, whatever it was. Like, why wasn't this? Why wasn't this released in October? It didn't make any sense to me, but they did. They did. It was a in between good and great. Like it was solid. It was enjoyable. Some of the twists, because there's mystery. Some of it felt a little too foreshadowed. Some of the twists were not surprises. Let's just say that. But overall, mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. And do you, did you find yourself? I don't know, doing weird dances or whatever I, no. <laughs> that's what i know about it i don't you know, know i mean i know the basic premise 
Yeah. Uh, Well, and I did strike me, was not expecting like it. And maybe that's why I elevated my expectations are because the magic of the Adams family is the macabre in the normal, right? Like that, where those two meet. And this completely removes the normal. Like it's just turning up all the weirdness. And she's in a group of peers that are as weird as her family. That's not Mm. what the Adams family is. Or has mm-hmm. been. And so I kind of just had to kind of, you know, sort of separate out my expectations for an Adam family's project and just say, this is just a mystery that is set a supernatural school with lots of cryptid kind of creatures running around. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. It sounds like the kind of thing I might enjoy. You know, so that's one of them for me. Another one for me of a recent thing. And I'm feeling like I'm, it's just, I'm getting further and further behind. And that's becoming a problem is euphoria. Um, Euphoria seems like a show that was made for me. It's like, you know, a sexy coming of age teen show. Um, I don't know, Matt. I think it might I think it might be a little mature for you. I don't know. I like it. I have not seen it. I don't know, but like oh, no, I really want to watch it. I'm know. making a joke because it's like too mature for like anyone, apparently. I don't know. Um, I hear people talking about it a lot and I will oh, yeah. get to it, but there are like a couple seasons in already and I've not watched it. So I don't it took I think that the only shows that it didn't take me months and months this past year to watch were a league of their own and or and frankly the only reason it didn't take me months and months to watch and or is because we had a deadline of we were recording an episode so I had to make I like made myself watch it to the point that like I couldn't stop watching it but like otherwise Mm -hmm. I would have like drug my feet because like we like limit the shows we watch like we've watched our flag means death a league of their own, and or started Severance, haven't finished. finished Bridgerton, yeah. I guess Bridgerton, Stranger Things, I watched super quick. But like besides mm-hmm. Bridgerton and Stranger Things and a League of Their Own, and like Bridgerton and Stranger Things are things like I was already interested in. It wasn't like mm-hmm. a new show. Just like getting over like this mental block of I have to like learn new characters and a new space and a new thing mm-hmm. was just I think is just like really hard now. I don't know what it is, but like. I think our flag means death is really delightful, but it took me like six months to finish it. And like that actually isn't a 50 minute episode. It's short, like 30 minute, if that comedy about pirates. Mm-hmm. By, I've like, not gotten to it. With like Taika Waititi as like Blackbeard. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Seems like exactly century. the kind of thing I like and I have not gotten to it yet. So yeah. but, like, it felt like the show was made for people who study the 18th century and also like pirates and just i understand it's very lgbtq friendly as well oh yes absolutely yes but there it wasn't it had nothing to do with the characters it had nothing to do with the story it was just like i think a lack of inertia to -hmm. just get going and watch something i feel like i think i feel like we've had this conversation on the show before about sometimes it's just easier to watch something you're familiar with then mm-hmm. and start something new because there's a comfort in the old and like it can help reduce your anxiety whereas like mm-hmm. doing something new you have to like keep running up that hill <laughs> yep Start I'm back on <laughs> yep i'm falling back on kate bush what can i say yeah i mean that you named it i'd forgotten about Seth, I'd forgotten about our flag means death. And that's another problem. There are so many things that if I'm not, if it's not a show where I'm watching it in the cultural push, right? Sometimes I forget to go back and do it because no one's talking about this now. And it's just been too long. And our flag means death is one of those shows where it's like, because of what's happening in Warner world, will it get another season? I don't know. I don't know that there will be another one, but it it was renewed, but like, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean anything anymore. I, I know. Like, I think that's, that's another issue that the streamers have created for themselves is hesitancy to commit because who knows if there's going to be another season. And if there is going to be another season, it's going to come out in four years. So why would I watch season one? Right. But a cliffhanger. I'll just wait to binge. And then they're like, well, no one's watching it. So we're going to cancel it. And so, yeah, it's, besides there's too much content, there's like this hesitancy to commit to the new content because that's loved. It may, it may, you know, that everyone wants to make another season, but everyone's the schedules are too busy, so they can't coordinate for a long time. And if it doesn't, I mean, if it, so if it gets as loved, I hate saying that it's a waste. You know, if I enjoy something, is it a waste that I didn't, that there wasn't more of it? No, I don't think for, so. Like no. for people who aren't nerds, what does it mean <laughs> to get Zazloved? 
<laughs> Joe, you want this one or do should I? Yeah. So the new head of it's Warner Brothers Discovery is the name is the official name. Yes, right? that is their official company name. Because heaven forbid people forget about the Discovery Channel. Yeah. That, that's why everybody was buying this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Discovery. Kesha has her show on Discovery, you know. No, I don't know. That's kind of the issue. <laughs> I did not know that Kesha. <laughs> I did not know that Kesha had a show on the Discovery Channel. No, I was not aware of that. <laughs> So anyway, um, yes. But so these companies merged and immediately a new president was put in charge and he looked around and said, well, we've got to cut costs. And the first public thing that really <laughs> broke through the noise of a normal merger stuff is that he canceled the Batgirl movie, which had mm-hmm. a $90 million budget and was completed. But he said, we're just mm-hmm. not going to release it. And then it can somehow it becomes a tax write off if it never actually sees yes. the light of day. And then like just many other things in quick succession, like some of them. 90% done like there was a sequel to the Scoob animated movie that was kind of like a Hanna-Barbera you know meetup yes. that was everything was done except they were recording the score and he canceled it and they still had to go re- record the score because those contracts were in place with the orchestras right. even as it been so, canceled <laughs> they're recording the score for the film that will never see the light of day and yes. it's now it's things that have been on the streaming service he's pulling so that he doesn't have to pay residuals to creators who worked on those mm-hmm. things so and a lot of the things that were made for streamers never had a physical lease. So like all these creative people, their work was out there, right. gave an audience, get pulled from the streamer and there's literally no way to watch it. It's just gone. And so it, I've seen the term of getting Zadloft being passed around more and more often yeah. as more news breaks of the things that he's just cutting, not because of creative differences, not because of even, you know, anything with the quality of the work. It's just, we, I could probably save the company some money if we don't even, post this on our servers or, or release it. It's I, and one of the ones that, that I thought of when as a very clear example of being Zaslav is a movie that that I actually thought was OK. Hannah, you saw it and I don't think you cared for it, but the movie locked down with yeah. with. Well, yeah, but it, it was. It's Anne Hath- yeah, it's Anne Hathaway and and Cheetaway Edgy four. I think I pronounce his name right, but like I'm certain I did not because I always have problems with it. But the two of them made this film at the beginning of COVID and it's a love story about a couple that's about to divorce and then COVID strikes and they're stuck living together. And then there's also like a heist plot that goes on at the same time. It's a very odd movie, but it's, but that's the, but it's a heist and a love story during COVID. There's like six people in the film because it's filmed during COVID. And that was like the entire point. That was the entire point. There's actually some other people like they, like I think Mindy Kaling's in it for like two seconds and Ben Stiller's in it for like two seconds, but they appear via zoom because it's literally a COVID movie. Right. And they filmed it for like a couple million dollars because the entirety of cost is essentially paying two actors who are in almost every scene to do this love story. And it was made for HBO max at the beginning of COVID because they needed content. But it's exactly the problem Joe was just mentioning. I, as far as I know, it never had a DVD release or anything like that. So it was just a thing that lived on HBO Max and he decided he didn't want to continue to pay for it. So it's just not there anymore. So the only way you can possibly watch it right now is if you stole it. Otherwise, it's I mean, stole it, like downloaded a bootleg copy or something because it doesn't exist in the legal world for you to see this film if you enjoyed it and, and there's no way to do it there's no way there's no way to ever purchase it and presumably won't be because the entire point is to not keep paying the actors and crew which you'd which, have to do like, if you sold another copy i'm not saying i'd ever want to watch lockdown again but i feel like it was actually like a really interesting cultural artifact that actually you know i might have wanted to watch lockdown again because like we did that show way back when at the beginning of COVID where we we're like, we we're like media was actually for the most part paying attention to COVID and trying to figure out how to integrate it into like TV shows, especially. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. maybe in five years, it'd be interesting to revisit these and like, see how they held up. What what happens like when media like disappears, that's not this episode, but like, but it's an episode we might do soon. It is an <laughs> episode. Well, okay. So here I want to do a couple of non recent things that I have thought of that were, so my big one, and this has been a big one for a long time for me because I've watched none of it and I keep meaning to, I want to watch the wire. I've never seen any of the, I mean, I know what the wire is about. I've seen clips from the wire, but I've never watched the show 
it just like it was one of those things that like when it was actually on, I was like, oh, I should get to this. And then I didn't the first season. And then it's like, okay, I've got to I've got to binge the first season so I can catch up for the second season. And then I didn't. And then I didn't again. And now and then later, it's just it's been a decade, you know, and like, how do you catch up on the wire? And now that it's done, the wire is long completed. Everybody who is on the wire is super famous for other things. And it's everyone's talk talks about how great and brilliant it is. And I've just not gotten to it. And it's been over for 15 years. And I'm like, feels like it's only I think it's four seasons. And it feels like this massive commitment to watch it. And I know that I don't want to just passively watch it. Like I want to be able to like have it wash. Like I don't want to binge it in like a three day period. I want to be able to sit down and like sort of dwell on the wire and experience it the way that I'm supposed to. But then who would I even talk to about it? Like, like, who, like, it's just it's sort of not being around anymore because like everybody who wants to watch The Wire, except for me, already has. And also, it's just one of those things where like, what if The Wire doesn't live up to my expectations? If you're a fan of Alan Seppenwall, the television critic, he writes a book where he talks about like how in every young man's life, there's a time that comes to him where he says, I am ready to watch The Wire. And you don't know when that time's going to come. But once you are, you'll know, you'll know when you're there. And is that time coming for me? Who am I even? <laughs> and it's like this whole ex- existential crisis that I'm having over this show that I've never watched. And so for me, that's the definitive one. Like you, Mav, there's like so much that I can point to several recent things where it's like, oh, I meant to watch that. I finally got around to watching Andor just because everyone in my family was talking about it. But it had like all come out before I started it. And then it's like, OK, I've got to watch this just so I can talk to my family at Christmas without them saying, what are you going to watch? Andor? I started watching Andor the first week. I watched the first week and then I didn't get to another one until a week after the finale started when we're like, we're going to record this show. So I watched the entire thing and like and it was good. Fridays. I enjoyed it. I'm still yeah, I loved kind it. of all over, though. Like, why did I like it? Because there's a lot of it where like nothing actually happened in that episode, did it? Like, yeah. Yeah. We talked about it on the show. I didn't like the first several. I get in about. Like halfway in, I'm sort of super in. I feel like I needed it to be slow and long, but I thought, it, but I probably wouldn't have felt it was much. I thought about this since we recorded our episode. If I had been watching it week to week, I don't think I would have struggled with it as much as I did when I watched the entire thing in 48 hours. Huh. And but like, I, mean, I feel like I maybe I'll the entire time. It's just like looking back. I, oh, what did they do that was actually so, is it like, why was I so compelled? Because plot wise, he was in jail for a very long time. Spoiler. Yeah, and not like <laughs> yeah. plan to get out. He's just in jail. Joe, it's like Little Dorrit. It is the Star Wars <laughs> Little Dorrit. You're the one person who will understand. Maybe I do get it. Yeah. It's about bureaucracy. But- See, Matt, there is one person in the galaxy. It's because you made him because the entire concept of Joe's show is, hey, come on and I'll read whatever book that you want me to read. And so he invited Hannah on. You're like, we're reading Little Dorrit. <laughs> he, said he, he said he wanted Dickens episode. I will say the uh, there was like an absurd comedy level that I was not expecting for in Little Dorrit that still delights me. Uh, is it the Office of Circumlocution? Is that what it was? Or <laughs> Great. But there was around the same time as Andor, there was the Rings of Power coming out. And I, yeah. I still need to get to that. And Sandman I'm was watching a little bit before that. I haven't watched Sandman yet. It's on my like, oh, I should. Oh, yeah. That's what I haven't finished. I haven't finished Sandman. And I haven't gotten to the cat episode, which is the one thing I actually care about. <laughs> and before that, there was the Wheel of Time series, which I was like, oh, I should probably watch that. I haven't watched it, but like, like these mm-hmm. large prestige high fantasy series keep coming. Oh, I should get to that. And I, Which I feel like we've been talking a lot about TV, but I have a confession to make about what I haven't done, yep. and that's like read like anything <laughs> at anything. all. Like that's not entirely You've true. Read I, things. I, you have a doctorate in reading, yes, but yes. like, like this reading. Is fun. Like like after I got into. Honestly, maybe after I started taking the upper level English classes in undergrad, I like still read for fun, but it wasn't like, you know, sometimes you're a kid and you read piles of novels from like the public library and you love reading and then you like go into it for a career. And Mm -hmm. like part of the reason you keep on studying the thing is because you love Charles Dickens and Jane Austen and like you find these novels compelling and there's like an element of fun to it because like why would 
do you like read these things? And I realized actually some people do. But like from my point of view, I was like, why would I do anything else when I can have such fun reading great books that I really love? Are not so great books, but I still find compelling. But then there comes a point in a person's life where it's like, oh Lord, I have things I've read and like my whole work life is reading. But also people think I love books. And I guess that's true. But now I have like a whole pile of guilt books just like on my bookshelf that I haven't read in years. Like, I think partially because of this show, I started reading novels since Mm -hmm. like the first week of January. And despite the amount of times I talk about Charles Dickens, he's probably not my favorite author. My favorite author is probably, although this may not be totally true, one of my favorite authors is David Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And I loved him so much. I taught the bone clocks in my first class I ever taught. And the sequel to that book, Slate House, because it really is like a sequel, even though it's kind of standalone, came out in 2015. And for Christmas that year, Josh bought me Slate House. I finally finished it. <laughs> like the second <laughs> week of January, 2023. <laughs> And like, there, there. I'm currently in the middle of the Thousand Autumns of Jacob Dezout because, like, there are a couple of like David Mitchell novels that I just hadn't gotten to, and so now I'm reading them, feeling very guilty. So I, I realized a couple years ago that even though I do a podcast where like at least once a month I'm talking about a novel, something deliberate, I guess, about about what I was reading, and so I, I chose that I was every day I was going to be reading from something theory for research, some novel that I'm just reading because I wanted to read that novel, the graphic novel, and at least have those three things. Usually it's more. And that's I'm getting in there. But at least there's three things that I'm going to read some of every day, even if it's just like five minutes, you know, and there's a number of books that I've been able to get through because of that, that I think we're always going to be floating in the ether of like, I should get to that sometime. It's when life is less busy. But I'm finding that <laughs> that's a lie I tell myself. And at some point, life is going to be less busy. And it's been really good to like to make a choice that I'm going to be reading something from a novel that's not work related or research related. It's just I want to make sure I'm still reading novels regularly. And out of that, I found some really good things. But then it turns out that people keep giving me books. And that's that pile of what I should be doing. It's being big. of like the books of like oh i'm gonna get to that one whenever i finish the one month it's yep my example of that is well this is one that i have read there's a book that i have read which is i don't know if i've ever talked about this on the show there's a book called girl by blake nelson it was written in 1994 i guess technically it's i mean it's a ya book like the young adult book but it's one of those, it's a YA book where like, Joe, you've got a, you've got a 14 year old daughter and I can see you reading the book and going, okay, this is in the YA category, but do I really want to give it to my daughter? Because these people aren't great. <laughs> you know, It's one of those books, right? It's a young adult book that I think is really written for actual adults. So it's like very much written in the style of a book that you might give a 14 year old, but, but trying to look back on hey, maybe being a teenager isn't as sweet and innocent as I thought it was. So it deals with the entire concept of girl. The first book is Andrea is a girl in high school and she's dating a kid in a cool band and it's the stuff that she gets into. So it deals with coming of age and sex and there's drugs in it. And, you know, it's a it's like a fast times at Ridgemont High kind of thing, but written as a young adult fiction book and i love it i've adored the book since it came out in like i probably read in 94 or 95 when it came out and then there's also a movie version of it but which in the movie's good but the book is excellent so when blake nelson made a sequel to the book in 2011 i bought it for kindle i've got the kindle book i bought it immediately and i read the first couple chapters and i got distracted and then i read more of it and i decided i was going to go get a phd and every once in a while, I came back to it, and I just cracked open the Kindle app on my laptop while you were talking. I am a little more than halfway through the book. came out in 2011. <laughs> and then you got right away when it came out. Yeah, yeah, and I got right away. So it's been 12 years, and, and I'm like a little more than halfway through. And here's what I remember about it. I remember loving what I've read, 
what, but because I like Blake Nelson's writing, but nothing else. I don't remember anything else about what the book's about. I know she's in college now and I can't remember the plot beyond that because it's been too long. And this happened the last time I tried to reread it too. So like every time I start, I have to start completely over and then <laughs> because I've forgotten all the plot. And so I, I don't know if I'm ever going to finish the book. And this is really sad because there's the third book now and I can't even get to the third book. There's a third book that presumably takes place after she's out of college that came out in like 2015 or 2016. And I've not even gotten to the third book. And so I think it's a problem. You shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't try to finish the book. Because it feels like when you do, that will be the end of your life. You know, like in Lost, when I, when I was an impressionable teenager and Lost was happening. Oh, so we're talking about Desmond. Yeah. He's saving. Yeah, he was saving our mutual friend by Dickens as like the last book he wanted to read before he died. And Mav, I think I've found that for you. Well, it also is coming a little sophisticated. You know, because you have to go back to the beginning every single time. Yeah, Dream School is the sequel. But I do want to, because I was enjoying it. I just can't remember anything that happened anymore because, and it's funny because Dream School opens with, it's not like, I guess. It's not really a chapter. It's kind of a preface because it's not really part of the story. It's just Blake Nelson talking to the reader. And the preface is basically titled, How Many Times Have You Read Girl? And, you know, for me, it's like, yeah, no, I've probably read that book five or six times. It's really good. And it's a really easy read. So I I, I will finish Dream School. I swear I'm going to. <laughs> I mean, it is like hard to be like an adult with responsibility. Like, I don't even know how many hours I worked in graduate school on average week i'm not gonna add them up but like you know nine to five there's not a whole lot of room to like get to things like outside of like reading directly for your job whatever that might be or like games like like i think at a certain point in graduate school i was like i will care about board games now so i don't have to like (laughs) read novels (laughs) like there are a couple of games on my shelves that I still haven't played yet, even though I specifically oh. bought them because they're about my interests. That's like, a different kind of time commitment to like, I'm going to learn all the rules. I got to find people. I've got to coordinate schedules. To get, I got to find people. Yeah. yeah. Games are hard. I've got several games that I haven't played because because it's not just it's first off, I have to learn the rules. And then also I have to. It's not that I don't have friends. I have to find friends who also want to play that game and also have made time in their lives to, you know, to set aside for the game and learn the rules if if, the, if it's complicated. It's actually really hard to like, you know, like simple games are easy, like because you can invite people over and it's like, hey, let's just, you know, let's have some wine and play this game, you know, but like but complex games where you where you have to like really pay attention to stuff. That's hard. I, I taught my family Oath this Christmas which mm-hmm. you might remember me talking about before, which is a game that like, depending on how the person who won last time had the board laid out, it changes the game and how you play it every single time. And there are a lot of rules, like all the how to play videos on YouTube are 30 minutes. There are like four rule books that come in the box. And Honestly, I kind of looked forward to like like Josh and I played it before, but like I looked forward to Christmas because I was like, these are my like these suckers are my family. They love me. (laughs) Actually, shout out to my mother who just like jumped in, did not watch the how to play video and like made some huge moves on the board. It didn't work out for her, actually. like. She didn't win, but she did some interesting things. I love the idea of board games because it's like people. Like, we will play together. It will be a bonding mm-hmm. experience. We will attract cats to our quilts or fight for the freedom of the woodlands or whatever we're doing in the theme of the game. But then you have to find people. And then you have to be willing mm-hmm. to, like, talk to people. Because sometimes mm-hmm. that's hard. Because also you have to be willing to, like, move. I think that, like, it's back to that inertia that you know like like we've talked about some stuff that like we maybe should according to some canon thing care about like mav you actually genuinely want to watch the wire i'm okay if i never watch the wire i'm also okay if i never watch breaking bad i know i'm gonna get hate mail for saying that i'm okay if i never read another thomas hardy novel 
Honestly, the only reason I read the ones I did so was why because would you I read a Thomas Hardy novel? School. Grad school. That's the only reason. <laughs> like, like today, Josh asked me if like I'd read any James Joyce, and I was like, one short story. But honestly, I've never felt compelled to read Ulysses, and I'm okay with that. Oh God, so- it's Ulysses is in my. Ulysses is in my field. Like I am, I am a 20th century modernist and postmodernist, right? I should have read Ulysses. I'm going to admit it. I've got a doctorate, a master's and a bachelor's in English. I've never finished Ulysses. And by Ulysses, I have a copy of it. I've read the first four pages and you're still on the first sentence when you've done that. And I'm like, and I, and each time I've gone, nope, I'm out. I'm out. Don't, I don't want to do this. It's such a, so, yeah. So no. <laughs> yeah, so like, I think, you know, there's like, I think there's like the distinction of things that we should care about, but don't mm-hmm. care about. Like, and that's, you know, personal because like, you know, some people won't stop talking about Ulysses in the same way I won't stop talking about Little Dorrit. But like, these are things I want to do. Like, I also want to like, Katya's really talked up Hades, the video game. And like, I don't mm-hmm. need people for that. I could just play it. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> How do you make yourself do things that you want to do? Where like yeah. and, I, and, and like I don't think it's like just a personal failing. Like I think mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's so many reasons that these things kind of stay on the horizon. Like I've been meaning since I really started reading comic books and like re- reading about not just like reading comic books but like engaging with the conversations about comic books. And I've always heard how great Peter David's run is on the Incredible Hulk. Never read an issue. So good. It that I but it's on my like so good I want to read the mm-hmm. Peter David mm-hmm. but it's also so big that it's an intimidating one to like yes. even start because he was on there forever and it is, he is second to I mean f- I mean well okay there's obviously stuff like Cerberus where the or Savage Dragon where it's one one creator for the entire thing but Marvel, for, inter, for IPs that are owned by Marvel or DC by like by alternative he has one of the longest runs in comics he's it's shorter than the Claremont run on X-Men but it is cut. Right. It would be about that hard for you. It's a little easier because there's fewer spinoff titles, but it is. And I've, and I have read it. It is very good, but and it is very good. It is a single creator telling a very intense story where he's trying to like sort of investigate psychology and stuff. He's doing, he's doing something very innovative for comics, but Oh God, is it a slog? It's long. It's just so much telling there. an epic yeah. story about Bruce Banner. That uh, yeah, and I know that link is one reason why I've never actually like gone and started a Peter David run, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's I still hear it praised so often. It's like I really probably should. Go. You know, <laughs> you bring up comics makes me wonder too, like how accessible are some of these things? Because like, if I want certain comics, it is very hard to find them. If I want to play certain board games, a lot of libraries don't lend out board games for a lot of practical right. reasons. Like right. I'm going to have to like, like, you know, buy them or like find somewhere that will have a copy available for me to play or find a friend mm-hmm. or, you know, video games cost money. So, so, so board games, but like video games also cost money. And like, for modern video um, games, there's a huge time commitment. It's like, I'll usually not yeah. like go sit down and, you know, play around in Tetris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like musicals, like it, it took me as long as it did to see Hamilton, not because I wasn't interested and it wasn't like i didn't and you know it wasn't you know i knew it was getting rave reviews but like it had to come to my city i had to like jump win a lottery hoops yeah you had to win Um, a lottery and that's yeah that's a problem yeah yeah, my yeah my, my friends and i all like entered to like get a code to have a slot to buy tickets and like coordinated who would buy the tickets like Mm -hmm. the whole thing you know it was like taylor swift like like i don't care about taylor swift but like you know, heaven forbid I did and tried to get tickets to her latest tour. Right. Right. Yeah. I've never seen Hamilton live and I'd love to, I mean, it's a thing that I love, but I, it's just, I'm not that lucky. I'll give you a comic, but one that that is accessible that I could, I mean, it's accessible in that, like I have money in my bank account and I could go to the store and purchase it today. And as a comic scholar, it's kind of even a problem in that, like, it's something that I can't talk about. And it's something that remains part of the comic zeitgeist. Very importantly, I've never read a single word of saga. Yeah, I haven't either. <laughs> and I oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and like, literally, you know, as literal comic scholars, like people who go to PCA and CS and, you know, write articles and stuff. I'm sure it. Okay. 
I'm betting that we have friends that listen to this show and they'll listen to, you know, wait, how is it possible that neither Joe nor Mav has ever read Saga? I'm sure people are listening right now and saying that does not seem possible. One of them, sure. But how could neither of them have done it? Yeah, I've just not gotten to it. I'll get to it. I'm sure I love it. Everything people say about it. I was like, wow, that sounds really good. Well, and it's similar uh, to a, like another thing. Some of the, what we were saying about the streamers where it's like, is there ever going to be like, is the book ever going to add? Like, does he actually have it into the story? Not meaning like, is it going to be an ongoing like Savage Dragon? It's like, no, there's been there's long delays between issues that just mm-hmm. don't come out. And so mm-hmm. do you want to jump in when, you know, it's currently not like. It's not finished. And will it ever be finished? We don't know, which happens with stories all the time, particularly if you're a comic book. Yeah, it's, it's like not. the George R. R. Martin problem. Yeah. Oh. Or the Patrick Rothfuss. The Patrick Rothfuss. No, no. Well, he's too old. I don't think he'll finish. He's too old. I don't. I don't. At the speed he writes, I don't think he can write. I mean, it's it sounds jury to say. I don't think Martin can write two more books at his writing speed in the amount of life that he reasonably has left on Earth because he's too old. I don't think so. I so I don't think he'll finish. But I, well, who knows? You know, I. Maybe he's maybe he'll adapt and maybe he'll make it shorter. I don't know. I'm hoping that he secretly has them both pretty close to finished and he Mm. is just tweaking them and messing with all of us because like I would find that very funny. I I mean, I don't know. And I I'm not as I don't since I never read any of them. I'm not as invested as other people. But Sokka you know, they're younger and they're supposed to be it's supposed to have a conclusive thing. And because it's so I don't know, Joe, maybe this is your experience, too. It is so beloved in the comic scholarship circuit that people will frequently ask, well, what do you think about this? And it's just there's conversations with friends that I just can't have, <laughs> like and where I feel like I'm, oh, I guess, I, you know, I've gone to dinner with people and people are talking about it. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who any of these people are. So. I think that one started when I was in at the tail end of my Ph.D. program and. I mean, it was Brian came out. What was he coming off of at that point? Like he'd done Runaways. He'd done. He's had enough cachet as a writer that everyone was excited about it. He. Oh, who's the artist on it? Remind me her name. Fiona Staples. Like her art style is really good. But just can't remember why. Maybe it was because I was at the tail end of a PhD program. Like I didn't jump into a new series. Right. You know, and like there's a reason I didn't do it right mm-hmm. away because you know, there's so much on your plate when you're trying to do, you know, the focus everything on that one big research project. and. I think by the time I was like, oh, maybe I should try and circle back to it. Like there was already one big delay. I'm like, well, maybe I'll just wait and see. <laughs> and now that delay has been years at this point, I'm pretty sure. No, it's being published currently, I believe. Like I know it delayed and then it started back up again. And then there was like the more recent breaks, I think, have only been a couple of months. But like, okay. yeah, it has come and gone a couple of times. And, you know, they'll get the most recent trade paperback was released in October of last year. Yeah, I was just pulling it up. Yeah, see that. (laughs) So, you know, I could follow it and I I should. Sure, I'll get to it, you know, right around the time that I finished dream school. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's just like, and I watch The Wire. I don't know how to do this. Clearly, I have no advice for you. (laughs) Because I have my little guilt pile. My multiple guilt piles. That's a good word for it. Maybe that's what we should call this episode. I mean, is it the guilt pile? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's not. Like like when you say it's aspirational, like part of me, it's weird because part of the things that like there's a lot of great of the great canon of English lit that is too big for any single English scholar to get to. So, for instance, we talked about, you know, have I finished Moby Dick? I have not finished Moby Dick. Hannah, you have, though, right? You've read all of it. No, No. you haven't. Okay. I got to like. (laughs) I got to like the whale facts when I was in fourth grade because I tried to read in fourth grade because I was like, this is an American <laughs> classic. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I was that fourth grader. Yeah, I was annoying. <laughs> yes. And then like I got to like the whale facts and I was like, what happened to the romance? I'm bored. Whatever. <laughs> the whale facts Done. in Moby Dick is like the sewer system in Les Mis. It's like everyone knows like there's these sections that aren't part of the story that the author just wouldn't dig on. Like, we're just doing this. <laughs> But I was in fourth grade, so mm-hmm. I noped out. Have a Moby Dick shower curtain now that like is made of it's like a whale made of like word art. <laughs> because Josh loves Moby Dick and I like whales. So like 
I feel even guiltier. I haven't like finished this thing now because it's like the centerpiece of literary whatever in my bathroom because we all have those right and so no i haven't finished but we did i don't have a literal it's not my literal guilt pile because i literally just have like stacks of things i'm getting to on my bookshelves Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i know in my heart i should and i aspire to it i really do but i think it's like one of those that i'm like but will i though because like i'm gonna read the david (laughs) mitchell like i i'm actively reading the david mitchell Mm -hmm. moby dick it's like but will i do that yeah. I mean, I know like like Katya is a big fan of Moby Dick, right? And so she's yeah. probably finished it. Deeply disappointed in me. Yeah. She listens to this. Yeah. I, well, so one of the ones that I actually do want to read. So a classic, a literary canon that I've never read that I actually do care is Walden. I actually really want to read Walden. I just haven't gotten to it. And no one's ever made me. And Walden was one of those things where it was just like, someone's going to make me read this at some point in school. And then I will, you know, I'll read it then. And then. I got a bachelor's degree and it just didn't come up and it didn't come up in my master's. And then I did a PhD didn't come up. And, uh, and when I was like doing my exams, I was like, should I put this on my list? And my advisor was like, if you want, I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) So I just, so I literally, it wasn't anything that anybody was pulling for. And so I didn't get to Walden and I know that I should read it, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. It's one of those. Right. And I'm, you know, I'm curious because it seems like the kind of thing that, you know, hey, here's a thinky philosophy book dressed up as kind of a meta narrative. I'm that sounds fun to me, you know, you know? <laughs> but but like that's one. And then there's other stuff that, you know, like I said, I, like Moby Dick. Uh, oh, Heart of Darkness, which Apocalypse Now is based on. Like, I, I very much want to read that. And I've, I've not gotten to that. That's another one. So there's a lot of classic books for me. Movies are easier because for most movies, if I want to see it, I'll go see them because a movie is literally, it's a very easy to block out. Like a movie is a two hour commitment in time. And so, I mean, or three tops, right? To where I, I can almost. <laughs> huh? Was that about Titanic? What? <laughs> no, well, I mean, I was thinking more Godfather, uh. but like movies tend to be two to three hours or a short one. It's an hour and a half. So if it's something I want to see, I can usually, you know, just go on Apple TV and for free or at most two ninety nine, I can make that happen in my life. Right. Like there are ways that I can see most films if I want to see them eventually. So there's nothing that's like, like if I. Well, yeah, I was going to say for most things that but that's not available for most of the things that I might aspire to. Right. No. Yeah. But I mean, most of the films that I aspire to, if I haven't seen it, it's because apparently didn't really want to see it as much as I pretended I did. Right. <laughs> like, you know, but like or it's because, you know, Batgirl, right? Like Batgirl, Zaslav took it from you. You can't watch it. I was thinking like, so I'll give you an example. There's one that I wanted to make sure that I rewatched when we did our episode on like censored media and stuff. And so I rewatched uh, Song of the South for that. And Song of the South is one of those movies that I own a copy of because I thought it was important for me to see it as a pop culture scholar. So I went out of my way to acquire a copy of it through um, channels <laughs> that I won't. <laughs> no, no. Um, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's really, and I've had it for years, you know, so I've seen it several times, but it's Disney isn't entirely trying to keep you from ever seeing this film. So so that's one where it would be hard, right? Like, though, I guess either of you could see it because I can, you know, I could give it to either of you. <laughs> I could make you a copy. But like for most people, you know. I'm not asking you, you to do that. And I want that known <laughs> to the Internet and the greater world and Disney. I mean, there's some of those that like uh, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four or I mean, for a long time, mm-hmm. the Star Wars Holiday Special was like that. <laughs> like you, you have to yeah. now that wasn't pretty easily to access it's on youtube, it's on YouTube. Yeah. yeah and it doesn't seem like for whatever reason disney is squashing those people who post it with all the great original ads from it <laughs> but like the roger corbin fantastic four i think you would have to work a little harder to try and go track that one down it's not that hard anymore i mean like the corbin fantastic four i think that might be on it's if it's not on youtube most of it probably you would piece it together mm-hmm. if you really want to go watch it for yeah, some reason yeah. it's bad it's awful <laughs> it's so bad Song of the South is much better than the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. The Star Wars Holiday Special is better than the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. It is so bad. I've watched the uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special. It was not good. 
<laughs> it is, was, it, is, was it the Star Wars Lego? The Star Wars Holiday Lego special. holiday special is fine. Like all the Lego Star Wars stuff, I think it's actually pretty good. Did you like it? No, it's not, like, it not as good as Droid Tales, but I liked it. Definitely more than the original Star Wars Holiday Special. So the one from this year? I, oh, I did not. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, it's a whole different episode. Well, it's the episode we did, you know, three weeks ago. I did not like the Star Wars Lego Halloween holiday special. I thought it was... I think I've accidentally <laughs> started a fight. I think the best of the um, Lego Star Wars things is Troy Tales. That one is a delight all the way through. Okay. And holiday special, like, it's mm-hmm. not on that level, but I did not mind it at all watching it with my kid. Your youngest kid is six. I think if I'd had a six-year-old, it might have improved it. If I'd had a six-year-old... Like, I watched it by myself, and I was just like, this is such a waste of time it is it is possible that like if i had a six-year-old to enjoy it with i might have enjoyed it more so so we resolved nothing i guess Classic. we aspire to be consumers our guild piles <laughs> we have- and we have more guilt piles for books and tv shows than for movies. Yeah. And also board games. And we have long a lot runs of, of comic book series. Board games. board games are, see, and that's another thing. Board games and role playing games, either of them are here today, but Wayne and Katya both are in regular role playing game campaigns. I enjoy role playing games. I have not been in a successful regular campaign since high school. Like I was so, in, I played on and off in college. But as an adult, I don't understand how they make that happen. Like, it just seems like mm-hmm. the commit, the commitment, like, I okay, Wayne plays a Marvel superhero role-playing game campaign that has been going on for, like, I know he's been playing in the same gaming campaign for well over a decade. And I just like, and they, you know, they meet regularly. And when, you know, when the pandemic started, those meetings became Zoom meetings. And I was just like, how do you schedule that? I do not understand how they make that happen. I'm just amazed. So I, so I don't like, understand. That. Actually, if you want to talk very quickly about Aspirational Mia, I bought some role play games that are not Dungeons Dragons. One's a Jane Austen game and one's based on a board game I really like called Root. Never played. Also have an 18th century role play game called Ghastly mm-hmm. Affair. Also never played got as far as making a character the jane austen game is on our i mean behind the scenes it was one of those things where hey maybe we'll do an episode of the show where we just play that game and we just haven't gotten to do it it's a hard thing to do well you know i'm actually uh, interested in that game with games like when we have a nintendo switch and i when i was a a kid and a teenager i played all the legends of zelda games for all the various nintendo systems and when we got the switch one of the first games i got was breath of the wild i played five minutes of that my kids have all played more of it and they asked me like what are you gonna play i want to i really do like i have a job Zelda games a lot but (laughs) i just we've had it for years and i've played maybe five minutes of it but you also have a job that you have to go to in order to and afford money play, so you can buy video games that your kids when play. When I do play video games, I wanted to be like Mario Kart or something with all my kids there, right? You know, you know that um. that's if I'm playing the Nintendo, it's probably family time. Is when I'm doing mm-hmm. that, and Legend of Zelda is not a player game that you can just kind of do with small doses. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely a solo media. Yeah, it's essentially reading with your hands. You know, <laughs> so oh, we did. So, so we resolved here at the end that Legend of Zelda is reading with your hands. Yes, be sure to tell Katya that. Make sure it's at the top. Anyway, Joe, thanks for joining us on your birthday again, no less. So, thank you for taking time. Thank you for having today. me on. If people wanted to get more of you, where would they go? It seems like you might be a person who's on the internet from time to time weekly. Yes, I have a weekly podcast, the protagonist podcast, where each week we talk about a great character in a story, unless we're doing a special episode. And we've had many people from the Box Podcast on as guests. So if you enjoy this discussion, you might enjoy it over there as well. <laughs> Absolutely. And Palindrome Hannah. You can find me here. I actually have attempted to write a blog about something, so tune in to find out what a topic in the future might be <laughs> also donate to the carolina abortion fund because reproductive freedom is important specifically the carolina or any- I, 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 I mean I, any of them I, I today i'm repping the carolina abortion fund because i read an article about republicans in the state talking behind closed doors about putting up a new abortion ban that could be around 13 weeks in the state of north carolina 
and I'm <sighs> mad. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And, work you, and, they're and you live there that's where the so for yes. our listeners that's why she's yes very well yes. aware. i live in north carolina and they're like they specifically have been inundated with like a lot of requests from what i understand since the rolling in back of roe versus wade so you know any support they can get would be great i donate monthly absolutely and as always you can follow me on twitter or instagram or facebook all the places Always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show all those same places at Vox Podcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpodcast.com where we post about whatever we're going to be talking about next week. Though we've not been doing that lately because we've had a whole string of specials in a row, but hopefully we'll be back into that soon. We've got a couple of ideas coming up. I'm not sure what next week is, but if you check the blog, you might find out. And then you can also leave us comments on this or any other show, suggest topics that you'd like to see us talk about. And sometimes we pick guests when, from the responses in the comments on the blogs or on the Facebook group. So if you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review. If you leave us a five-star review where you write something, just don't just like say five stars, but if you actually write a message that Gooses the algorithm makes us more popular and really helps us out. Also, it just makes us feel good. I'll probably even read it on the air if that happens. I would like to thank Maximilian of Thought for Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd once again like to thank Joe for joining us. I'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>